internet? You're tuned in to episode 104 of the podcast. I'm your host, Peter Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, the sweatshirt connoisseur, <laughs> Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. <laughs> so for those of you who aren't watching over on YouTube, which of course you should, go over to the podcast YouTube channel and give us a subscribe. Uh, Steve is wearing the most orange sweatshirt I think I've it ever is. seen in my life. This is merch from one of my clients. So, does it have a logo on it? It does. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can't see the logo; it's hidden away. Uh, but it's the brightest <laughs> orange. They got these for when they went to uh, a trade show, and they really wanted to stand out. You definitely stand out. It's like high vis. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I just I think it's funny because it was like a couple weeks ago you were like oh I got this brown sweatshirt and like you know normally I wear blue sweatshirts and I'm switching mm. it up with brown and then now you just hard turn into I never wear this electric orange <laughs> I never wear it but it's sun we're recording on Sunday this week it's just laundry day so all of my blue ones are in the wash yeah I'm gonna call this how many blue hoodies do you have five. <laughs> Damn. Like all of them, Why? apart from my, all of them apart from my brown one are uh, are blue. That's so funny to me. I don't know. I just like blue. Mine are all black, so I guess I really shouldn't talk. Yeah, see, you go an awful on emo over there. At least I'm like one shade over from emo. See, that's blue. the thing with mine. They're like most of them are bands. So it's like I have like a black one with green. I have a black one with red. You know, <laughs> okay. Like, it, I, you don't, know. I don't own any hoodies other than this one with a logo on. I don't like clothes with logos on. Mm. I specifically buy clothes without logos. I have one, one or two like t- exceptions. I have like a Fallout T-shirt, and I have a uh, a T-shirt for my favorite band, The Midnight, and that's it. Other than that, no, none of my a- clothes have logos on. I'm such a sucker for a good graphic tee. You know this. <laughs> I do. Well, I I just, I don't really like standing out. So I, I would never wear this in public, ever. There's no way. See, for for me, I don't like, uh, I don't usually like shirts where it's just a logo. Like when people are just like. Adidas. Oh, like it? I have like a Billabong shirt uh, or something. Or, or like it says Volcom on it or whatever. I, like, don't, I don't get that. Like why are you giving free advertising to some company? Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I that's never quite connected with me not that i have like a problem with it because like i have like filthy casual clothes and like i like their shirts but What's like filthy casual I, filthy casual is like a it's like a gamer lifestyle brand oh, okay. um, you've probably seen like youtubers that you know or whatever wearing their clothes or whatever um and i i initially came across them at comic-con years ago when they used to be called cherry sauce oh i want the and sh- they just- I, I, right i've just i've just lo- like logged onto the website they've got this apron with the like most sexy suspenders yeah. Oh, yeah. See, really that's the that. thing is with them, I I like the style of their clothes and I like the way that they they like use the logo to create a sh- like a shirt that feels more like an art piece. So like when it's like that, I can jive with it. But most of the time I just have like oh, you know, it's like it's this cool, it's a yeah, graphic yeah. of Sora from Kingdom Hearts or you know, oh, it's this cool Mario thing, you know. But like I will rep, like I have that N sixty four shirt that's just the N sixty four. Oh yeah, but that one's know. that's like vintage. That's classic though. as fuck. Yeah, though. that is. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd wear any of these filthy casual ones. They're too much. But do you know the brand yeah. Teddy Fresh? 
No. I, so I like I like their stuff with they have like block color hoodies. I want to get one of those. But the shipping and the tax from America added like forty dollars onto the price, and I was like, "There's no way." So I'm really waiting for I'll them send to you get. One. I'm waiting for them to get like a European uh, stockist uh, until yeah. I order one. I refuse. You to come pay. visit me here, man. That's what you I know, need to do. This... Well, you know, at the mo- at the moment, that's not happening. We're not able to go into any other country. Yeah, they neither of our countries out. are in good shape for that shit. <laughs> One day. Oh my God. Yeah, one day. 2022. I mean, maybe when you get married, I might be able to attend. I was going to say, in 2022, you can come to my wedding and I'll have this sweatshirt waiting for you. That'd be it. <laughs> Hopefully by then I'll have lost some weight, so it probably won't even fit. Well, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll order it closer to the arrival date. <laughs> anyway, this is not After Dark. This is the podcast where every week Steve and I get together to talk about Nintendo and the world of video games, uh, what we're playing, all that kind of stuff. We answer your questions. It's a great time. If this is your first time joining us, I promise we don't normally talk about fashion that much. But if you do want to hear us talk about fashion, of course, keep it tuned for After Dark because that's it's all fair game over there. Uh, so if this is your first time joining us, uh, of course, you can get us all around the web, Loot Pots, wherever you get your uh, video game content, where they're making some content for you. We've got our, you know, the Loot Pots Pot Prime YouTube channel where we've got all kinds of great video essays, um, deep dives into trailers and all kinds of cool speculative stuff. Um, we've also got the podcast channel where you can come check out the video version of this show. You can head over to our Twitch channel where every Thursday night, Steve and I have been streaming last Thursday. We streamed a little bit of master chief collection with a couple members of the community. Shout outs to both Zade and doc, a couple of our Patreon supporters. Thank you guys for joining us. It was and, a blast. And thank you for like carrying us. Yeah. Carrying us. Cause I was, like, I was terrible. That, I was just genuinely bad. Like we, the first, the, they put us into the first one. What was it, legendary or heroic or something? Yeah, I think it was and, legendary the first time. We were on teams, so it was me and you against them plus like all of these like waves of enemies. <laughs> we just had a fucking chance. I went in. I had no idea what I was doing, and as then like a normal shooter, I was there aiming with the left. The le- I was trying to aim with the left, um, the left trigger, and it was just throwing grenades. It was like grenade, grenade. I was like, shit, what's the controls i had no idea and then you didn't tell me until like an hour in that there's a jetpack i could have been using nobody told it's me true. this no <laughs> <laughs> it was, i thought we'd all be on the same team and then like once we were on the same team it worked out we, we oh yeah once once you've done your update for 30 minutes yeah yeah it was a, it was a messy stream but we had fun <laughs> we got there we landed the plane so uh if you want to come for the next one which will be a lot smoother it'll be sometime this week not on thursday because it'll be christmas eve but uh keep it tuned to our our twitter that's at loot pots or go join our discord uh where we make announcements before we go live and you can also go join the podcast channel over there where you can get your thoughts read right on the air during our mail pot segment like a bunch of other fine folks did this week and of course if you also want to get in touch you can of course write into me at pete at loopots.com or just go to our weekly twitter thread where we ask for questions there's a lot of ways to get in touch a lot of content that you can get from us uh and we hope you'll come check it out last but not least of course if you want to go above and beyond and show your support for the show head over to patreon where for just a buck you'll get access to after dark our patron exclusive show where steve and i keep the mics rolling and we just we talk about whatever's going on in our lives we talk about you know stuff that didn't fit in the main show all kinds of stuff uh what did we talk about this week steve we recorded after dark first this week what was it i think it was mainly christmas plans and how your tree almost fell down and you had to call sarah in the middle in the morning it was like that did happen please help (laughs) (laughs) it's a tree on top of me (laughs) yeah so if you want to hear the story of how my christmas tree almost fell over uh it's a 
I think it's worth a dollar. It helps us uh, keep rolling, and uh, it gets you a little bit of extra show in your feed every week. So we hope you'll go check it out. All right. So that's enough. Uh, that's enough sweatshirt talk for now. Let's jump into uh, what we're playing this week. Uh, spoiler alert: We've both been playing Cyberpunk. There's a ton of Cyberpunk news. I think before that, uh, do you want to briefly t- touch on Among Us now, or do you want to save it for later? Uh, we can save Among Us for the for the indie world stuff if you want. All right, so then well let's so let's just jump into it then. Cyberpunk. Well, I, I, I've been playing something else, and I did want to bring it up. Oh, so what's I, that then? I bought Hades in the sale this week. Ooh, <laughs> you got Hades? Hell yeah! yeah. And, and How are you finding this, it? Oh my god, it's amazing. This game has like swayed me from Cyberpunk. I'm like done with that game really and we'll talk about that more in a minute but Hades is so good I'm addicted and I'm just going around around in circles I've made it all the way to Elysium and beat that stupid bone hydra thing but now I think I need to level my character up a little bit more by some more of those wells in the underground and stuff so really 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 good game I think I've probably made played like five hours already and I got it on Friday um, so I'm going to keep playing it. I think this is going to be on my game of the year list when we record that show. I think it's made its way there already. Wow. That's pretty impressive. <clears throat> yeah. Hades is a really special game uh, and uh, a game I really enjoyed. I think my, my one gripe with it is, is that um, and it's not even like a gripe. It's more just like my, my personal experience with it is roguelikes in general are not my thing. And this game was so good that I kind of got past that. But when I, I hit a point where, you know, I, <clears throat> I, I've i gotten to the final boss of the game a few times and I just can't seal the deal. And it was like, then when the new consoles came out and pulled my attention away, it's like, I want to go back to it. But now I feel like I, I'm not good again and I need to get my chops yeah. back. So it's like, ugh, like, do I want to go through that and get good at it again just so I can beat it? And, you know, and like the answer is yes. But it's like, when will I find the time to do that? I'm not quite sure. What's your weapon of choice? I, I'm really enjoying the shield and being able to like block stuff and do the ball rush towards people and like clicking X to like fling the shield at them and stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really been enjoying that one. I've just unlocked the gun. I think it's a gun anyway, but you have to reload yeah, it. Yeah. The way you reload it feels a bit wonky to me, pushing in the right stick. I would have way preferred it to be like one of the bumpers, like the left bumper or something. Sure. Because it just feels a bit iffy to have to like move my thumb down there to reload. So I don't think I'm going to get on with that one. Uh, but I, I like the gun with certain boons, like with certain power-ups it's good, but on its own it's iffy for me. Uh, I kind of oscillate between the shield and the bow. Those oh, I've never played with the bow. Never, ever. I might the bow, to... I, I genuinely think the bow is the best weapon if you get comfortable with it. I think it's the hardest to pick up. But once I like got in a rhythm with it and I got all the right boons, the crowd control options on it are like insane. And I always find the bone hydra to be like the toughest boss. And except I'm fine with the bone hydra, but there's uh, there's the room in that fiery area. I can't remember what it's called that has like tons of those witches that are just firing those those purple bullet things at you. Those are hard. They are really the bone arrow makes that so much easier. Okay, but I found the shield made Meg, uh, is it Megdo or Meg, the the easiest? Yeah. Like, she charges at you, just hold the shield up, it bounces her back. Yep. It's so, so much easier that way. 
Um, and I and I realized like only recently that you can pay to get your uh, death like averted or whatever it's called um, oh, thing that recharged. Oh, I yeah. had no idea you could do that. Like you set, you sell your your boons and you get the cash and then you spend that cash to to do it. And I also found the store in the cafe area in um in like the main house, so you can like exchange things. So I exchanged yep. like the blood for a bunch of the gems, and I was able to just go and upgrade pretty much everything in one hit, which was great. Yeah, once you start really like getting more comfortable with the resource management and like understanding that you should probably save your money, um, that is one of the biggest like learning curve. Th- like I remember, I had a moment where I got to like the end end, and <clears throat> there's like a shop with a bunch of stuff that you can use, and I was like, oh, I really should have been sh- saving my money all this time, huh? Like I was just spending it as every time I had an opportunity because it's finite, you know. So it's like, oh, whatever advantage I can get, I should take it when I can get it. Yeah. No. You don't you don't need to play that way. Like save your money, sit on it, so that when you do have the opportunity to buy a second life or oh yeah, a boom, I've had that really same make a difference. Yeah, I, I, like or even buying like um, extra life while you're down there, like being able to boost yeah. your life up. Like, I've got my base life now up to seventy, so if mm-hmm. I can get a couple of hearts while I'm down there, I can get to Meg with like 110, 120, and she's easy. I can breeze uh, breeze pl- past her without having to use my um, my death thing. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, what about the chaos? Have you encountered things? her sisters yet? No, <laughs> I don't okay. think so. You would. Are know. they the boss in Elysium? Nope. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think I've met. I don't think I've met her sisters yet. But I, I've done those. I've done one of those chaos things. I can't decide if I like them or not. Where it's like you get a negative effect for three of the next for encounters, like three rooms or whatever, and then you get like a bonus after that. I can't decide if I like doing those. But you have to give up a piece of life in the first place to go down into the like well area, and then you come back up into one of the rooms. So I'm not sure about those. I I like doing them early game. I feel like later game they feel like a, they feel like too much of a gamble. Cuz like as the rooms get tougher, like those debuffs can make a huge difference between like is this a room I can easily get past or am oh, I yeah. like, threatening myself with losing a life, you know? So usually yeah. like if there's an option in the beginning to do it, I'll be like, yeah, why not? Like nothing's going to happen in the first 5 rooms. Oh, yeah, I mean, but, I can get, you know, I can get to Meg usually without losing any life whatsoever at this point. It's, mm-hmm. they're, they're easy. And it's so strange because at the beginning it felt so difficult. I was like, there's no way I'm ever getting past her. She's so hard. Like, how am I going to do this? But then you level your character up so his attack's, like, stronger and he uh, has more life or he can do, like, there's, like, one of those ones where you get these, like, artifacts as well, the keepsakes, don't you? And there's, like, some that do different things and you can change them throw out if you yep. want to i pretty much always use the one where if i'm behind an enemy the attack's stronger that's my favorite yeah, one that's a good one <clears throat> i usually use the one that gives you more life i haven't got that one yet where'd you get that one from who do i need to give a gift to <laughs> um i don't remember i'm guessing it's someone like aphrodite or something like I that. i think it is it's someone like that maybe i don't remember i don't i think it actually is somebody in the house now that i think about it and you know what it is i think it's cerberus Okay, I'm gonna go give go ahead, give him a gift. I think when it's I get Cerberus, one. yeah. Because uh, yeah, that plus like the regular buffs that you'll find. Like I remember, I, like I, I think I'm able to get my health up to like 200 now. Wow, like okay. That. It's in, it's like really high. Um, 
which makes it so much easier to get further. And then, you know? and then you'll get a hundred health back when, even when you lose a life, you'll you'll go straight back up to a hundred. One of the buffs, one of the boons I really like when you're down in in the action is the one that when you use a well, it gives you a hundred percent of your health back. It makes it oh, so yeah. good. Or the one where they drop health nuggets if you like uh, kill enemies, they have a chance to like drop health items. Really, really helpful. But I realize it doesn't I work like the- in the boss rooms. Yeah, it doesn't. I like the one uh, where if you smash pots, there's like a 10% chance of it dropping health and stuff. Like, Oh, I haven't like, got that one. I've got, yeah. uh, there's an upgrade you can do where there's like an urn in the room and that has like 10 coins or something in, but I haven't even found, I haven't, I haven't unlocked that one, so I haven't found it. There's anything. so much to do in that game. <laughs> it's such a good game. And then there's like all the like uh, cosmetic stuff you can do to the house if you care about that, like upgrading the carpet or doing all sorts of stuff in the hall or making your bedroom look nicer. Such a good yeah. game. My my only gripe with it is when I reach Meg, I just want her to shut the hell up and I'm like smash. A just so I can kill her and move past her because it feels There's like more I've, dialogue every time. Steve, I don't care. I don't care. It feels like I've killed her a thousand times at this point, and and the guy Probably is have. like, yeah, the guy's clearly like uh, on the same page as me. He's like, oh, hi again, Meg. You ready to die again? And it's just like it's getting to that point. Uh, but I'm I, I when Max was on the show, he said he hasn't heard the same dialogue repeated. I'm at that same stage as well. I mean, I know I'm only like five. To 10 hours into the game but I haven't heard a single line of dialogue repeated and you beat, must beat these bosses over and over and over again which is impressive yeah, I mean, I've probably beaten Meg like close to 100 times at this point you know like if not that many um, and I yeah like I don't I don't think I've encountered any repeat dialogue either it's crazy which is nuts <laughs> but yeah, I, anyway, I I'm glad game. you finally picked it up man it's, yeah, it's, it's a great game and it's on sale at the moment, but in Europe, in the like festive favorites eShop sale or whatever it's called. And I think it's still in the Game Awards sale. I don't know if that's still ongoing by the time this show airs, but it's uh, it's worth picking up even at full price. I don't know why I was on the fence about this game. I think it was something to do with the art style. I'm not massively sold on the the way the characters' drawings look. To me, uh, it's not it's not an art style that speaks to me. But the game is so fun, and the attacking feels so so good. Like the, it, it's just fantastic. Like you feel like a hero when you when you beat someone, which I think is Definitely. how you want to feel when you play play a game like this. And and I think it's it's got like just a perfect gameplay loop. Like I think it's a great game to just sit down and play. But I also think that like if you if you beat the game, or you know if you are in that loop, like it's a great TV game too, which we always love to talk about. Like. I remember when I was playing it, um, once I had been into it for like a week or so, I would be like watching TV and then just whenever there was dialogue, I would pause whatever I had on in the background so I could listen and then like, all right, back to the action. Let's go. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, so I, yeah don't, I, I don't care about the dialogue. <laughs> I'll be honest. I really couldn't give a shit about the story. I just love the, the gameplay. Steve I think it's fantastic. Read. No, it, it even reads it out for you. Like, who cares? Yeah. But I, I, it's just not a story that I'm really bothered about. It's just some... It's just some dude trying to escape the uh, the underworld, as far as I'm concerned. Ah, the voice acting is so good, though. Oh, it I is. I feel like it gives it gives the world so much character. It makes me laugh every time you call someone mate, though, because it sounds a little yeah. bit forced to me. Like it sounds like what someone would think a British person would say, and when they've written the dialogue what are you about mate, it's like hiya mates. It's like what the fuck? No <laughs> one speaks like that. 
<laughs> what are you on about? He's got a perfect British accent, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's jump into it. Talk about the elephant in the room, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Of course, uh, making headlines again this week. Uh, none of which for the right reasons. <laughs> so I want to start uh, before we get into all of the news around it, because like we could probably talk about it for an entire podcast, considering there's been a news story every single day. Yeah, it feels uh, like Steve, that. You said it. I mean, not even feels like like it. It has been right. Like, um, Steve, you said that you feel like you're at a point where like Hades has pulled you away from it. You're kind of done with it. Do you want to expound on that a little bit? Yeah, so I jumped in yesterday. I finished like uh, one of the main story missions where I'm breaking into Ahsoka, whatever it's called, HQ to do something or other. And I tried again to do that stealthily, but it feels like it's impossible to do in this game anything stealthy or with hacking. So, of course, it, everyone came at me guns blazing, even though I don't know how he saw me, but I was sneaking into like, the security office. Somehow he saw me. That frustrated me. And then at the end of that, it was like, oh, go and do some other stuff. Go and explore other leads and I'll give you a call at some point. So it kind of forces you to go do side quest. And I was doing this side quest where it's this like um, prisoner who's coming out and he's working for a studio who wants to make a, a brain dance video about him. And I was just bored, like so bored of this. And I was just like skipping through. I was like, this is just boring. I don't care about it. And I think that's where I'm at with the game. It feels repetitive. It feels boring to me. I'm not really enjoying the story. I don't really care about the characters. And maybe if I played V as a woman, I think maybe it might have been better because I don't think the voice acting of V as the the guy is that great. And I know V... Don't you remember on day one I when do, you said the I do, though? I do. But then uh, I've seen some, some footage of uh, V as a woman, voice acting significantly better. And I know it is one of the voice actors from Persona 5. Oh, really? I think it's Makoto. Oh, damn, if I had known that, I would have been Lady <laughs> Me too then. <laughs> so, uh, and whereas the, the dude, I think, was a film actor, he'd never really done any voiceover stuff before. And I think that you can tell in how he's voicing stuff. It's quite monotone. In the same way that I don't think Keanu comes across particularly well either it's sort of just I like, feel like keanu's problem is more his script than his performance personally quite possibly yeah quite possibly um and, and it's worth pointing out uh i i know i've had multiple people um who are like personal friends or like you know um dare i say colleagues in this space or whatever who have talked to me about it and said that like uh the game really opens up after like the 20 hour point and like that the story gets a lot sharper and that like a lot of the dialogue is better and that, you know, um, Imran Khan uh, from kind of funny had said that it, it feels like the game's written by two different teams at points where like the peaks and valleys between the stuff that's good and the stuff that's, that's bad is like insane. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm in a weird place with it because I think if I put it down right now and never touched it again, I think I'd be okay with that. Like, Me I too. That's like, exactly where i'm at with it i just don't care and i think the thing i came to the conclusion of is that this game shouldn't have been an open world game this game should have been like the last of us 2 maybe an open world section where you can go about and you have to explore mm. and do some stuff but it should have been more linear and i think a cohesive story would have been a lot better all most of these side quests i don't care about i don't care about going to race because the the racing and the driving in this is is garbage 
And I don't care about most of the side quests because they're people who I'm so disconnected from and have no like tie to. Like, why would I care? That I don't totally agree with. Um, I think I'm getting to the point where I've been I've been more invested in that because like I did a side quest um, that involved uh, Judy recently and like I like her character a lot and like I'm interested in what's going on with her and it's like I I think I don't necessarily totally agree that I don't that I think it shouldn't have been an open world game but I think that like I think it it it's in a weird place where it kind of reminds me of how I felt about um, some of the side content in like Mass Effect 3, for example, where like you haven't really played Mass Effect, but like the conceit of the third Mass Effect game is that the entire galaxy is at war, right? And that like all of the races, all of the planets in the galaxy need to come together and fight this threat that uh, could end life as you know it in the Milky Way, like period, right? So, like, the stakes have never been higher, and the odds are so stacked against you, and and this, that, and the other. And, like, there's a similar stake set in Cyberpunk, right? Like, no spoilers, but once you get to the title screen, they kind of establish what the stakes of the game are, and it's this very time-sensitive, you need to do this or V is going to die. And, like, that's the stakes of the game. And for them, for there to be like side quests that are like, go participate in a fight club, go race cars. It's like, it 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 feels off because. And I why get would that it's kind of. Things? I guess it's kind of trying to fit in with these backstories, like a merc for hire does whatever it is to survive yeah. in Night City. Maybe is participating in these illegal street races and these illegal. Uh, these illegal da- um, fight clubs, but like he, he or or she is in a in that quest to kind of save themselves, and maybe it should have funneled you a hundred percent down that mainline quest until you reached a point at which point it said, right, you can you can now go and and do other stuff because you're safe or whatever. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the solution was there, but much of those sides of those side things feels like filler to me and it feels so, unnecessary i think it depends on what you're talking about because i think some missions do feel that way because some missions boil down like you get a phone call from a person you've never met before there's a job you can go do you do the job you get money yeah that's, that's the just, stuff i'm on about it's like yeah. why do i care like give me money for completing the main stuff and then i don't need to do these boring side quests and maybe there are some side quests that are great and I, and i have enjoyed it um the ones that are story driven the ones that are connected Very to much. characters that you know are good where it's like you know you meet like like a great example is like like a character like padre like you meet him in the beginning you have a connection to him he gives you missions and it's like okay fine like i know this character doing things for him means something to me but when it's just some random who calls me and tries to sell me a car and then is like go do a thing and like maybe we'll be friends or whatever it's like i don't know like Oh, I haven't bothered buying any off. of the cars. I don't. I don't care about any any of them. Like I've got my car and and Jackie's bike, and I got another bike from a mission, and that's enough for me. I don't have the desire or the need to collect vehicles. Yeah, so I just mean like I think when it comes to that stuff, it's like to me it feels more like execution issues than anything. Well, um, I think the I whole to tra- so me, I think the whole open world thing feels like a failed execution. It doesn't feel like an open world game. It feels like they wanted to make a Grand Theft Auto style game, but they didn't do it. They made a game that is trying to be too linear in that format. 
It's not like I go places and I talk to other people and then I pick the mission up there. You know, in GTA, you go somewhere, you talk to someone, you get the next quest. You can choose to do that quest if you want to or go and carry on with something else. This is I'm driving in an area. I get a phone call. It's like, hey, V, there's something in the area that needs doing. And it's like, I never talk to anyone to pick that up. I never have that interaction with someone in the real world. It's always just a virtual phone call of someone dishing out a job to me. And, like, the thing is, I think you you get into that later, right? Like, as you get to know the characters and do more missions for them, like, you you know, you'll you'll make that connection or whatever. But, like, it doesn't necessarily feel organic at the onset. And it doesn't feel like um, there's a huge incentive to do those things sometimes, you know? And it's, it's, it's interesting because, like, I really do think it's, like, a tale of two games in a lot of those senses. But um, what I was trying to say before was, like, I'm in a weird place with it where, like, I... I enjoy my time with it when I sit down and play it. Like, I, I do have fun. And, like, I am interested in elements of the story. I'm interested in elements of the world. But, like, I feel like there are these barriers to me really connecting with it that frustrate me. And it, I think I'm at a point where, it, where like, I imagine I will continue to play it and, and try to see it through. But I also feel like if I just stopped playing it right now and was like, meh, I'm done, that would be okay. I also think that if I was like, eh, I'm done, I'll wait for them to patch it and fix it, that would be okay. But, like, I also have this weird, I guess it's, like, the journalist in me where, like, I want to keep playing it in its current state so that we can continue to have conversations like this one. I think that's that, a case of morbid curiosity to some extent. Sure. It's like, what glitches yeah. am I going to see today? But I, I will say, in terms of performance, they fixed a lot of stuff for me. The... I haven't been having too many glitches anymore. Like, yeah, me they, neither. There are still glitches, but they're like more dumb glitches. Like it's the it's kind like of stuff that Bethesda style glitches of things. Yeah, clipping which or like whatever. that's fine. Like I don't mind if like an animation is weird or like someone clips through the ground or something once yeah. in a while. It's it's when like I lose progress or the game crashes that I get frustrated. But we should but say like, that that's on Xbox. Like PS5 owners seem to be having a very very different experience with crashes constantly, and that yeah. seems to be what you know, drove Sony to do what they did this week. Well, among other things, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, but yeah, I guess like ultimately where I'm at with it is like there's there's a mix of morbid curiosity, but I also genuinely think that there's a good game in there. It's just there are so many bad choices, things that feel unfinished, things that feel rushed. Like it, I think overall it's just clearly a game that's like half-baked, you know, and like, I I think that between, like, the Venn diagram of morbid curiosity and wanting to see more, genuinely enjoying parts of it, and then also wanting to challenge myself to kind of push past this, this section I'm in right now because so many people, even people who seem to agree with a lot of my critiques, have said that it gets a lot better at this certain point and it opens up and these that this, that, and the other thing, like... I want to see if I have that opinion. You know, I want to get to that point and be like, is the script actually better? Like, does the story coalesce into something that is interesting? Like, do these things come together in a way that feel more than where I'm at with it right now? Because the fact that, like, that seems to be a resounding opinion makes me think that if I continue to play, I'll probably get more out of it. Where, where are um, you at the moment, then, in terms of main story? Have you made it to Arasoka? Uh, so I think I actually just got... Because that's the first mission you do with Johnny, right? 
where like you have to go do the thing for him or which which part are you talking about? No, this is one where uh, I think it's Takan Takanoko, is that his name? I can't remember. Oh, his name. so the, the the mission line for him. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, and he takes because this is like you're breaking into Arasoka to like find out it's it's that story of, you know, um you're trying to find out who killed this guy's dad or whatever, even though you already know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're trying to prove it, essentially. Right. I had the conversation with him to set up that storyline, but I haven't pulled on that. So you're yet. you're just behind me on that on that story front. No, I've yeah. done the one with Johnny. You're on about the one where you go get his records or something, the bootleg ones. Yeah. Yeah. That is another one where like I just started that and I was like, okay, let's go do this. And I that, haven't. That's done the it one yet. I spoke about last week where he was just being a dick for being a dick's sake. And you'll see it when yeah. he when he gets there, and it's just like, what's the point? It's like I mean, I've already I've already encountered that with him. Like uh, I was doing, I mentioned I, I I've been I was doing this stuff with Judy and and what's her name, the the woman with like the short blue hair, who's um the love doll or whatever that you get to know <laughs> the joy toy, yeah, whatever the fuck they call them, all this weird misogynist shit. Um, I guess they're men too, but whatever. Um. I was do I was pulling on that thread, and you go and meet like the weird, creepy Ripper Doc and all that stuff. And, oh yeah, I've done like, that I was, one. Yeah, I was following that plot thread for a while, and then like I would like do one of those missions, and then fuck off and go do some side stuff, and you know, that's so the I've one where you're, like, you're trying to find you're trying to find Evelyn who's gone missing, right? Evelyn, that's her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I went through the process of finding her and like doing all that. Um, so I think that thread is is almost. Not necessarily like done, done, but like that part of that story is like like she's back at Judy's place now or whatever, you know. So oh yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I came off of that mission and then went and did some more side stuff, um, which again has been like mixed bag, like side quests that seem connected to characters that I know are genuinely pretty good or interesting. Um, it's this random shit where I just do a thing and then it's like there's money in my account. I'm like. What yeah, like finding the car ones. There's actually that was fun. There's actually a couple of fun ones, and but I had one which had a really cool reference to a game that everyone knows and loves that got completely ruined because the AI glitched out and broke, and all of the oh. enemies that were meant to kill me just stood there, and I just walked up to them. You just shoot them in the face. They go Ugh, backwards, and then that's it. And you just keep shooting them, and then eventually Love they that. die. It's like. This is just ruined. <laughs> ruined a really, really fun moment in in the game. Um, but I, di- I did appreciate that. I do quite like the the car missions. I think they're fun. Uh, they're fun. Yeah, the Delamon stuff. Is, yeah, is cool. And like I, that is the stuff that has made me uh, like disagree with your point about the open world thing. Because like that was one of the most fun I had was like just driving around the city and like seeing the different sections of it. And but everything. What, but and I'm, like, I'm not saying I. I, I like I think they pitched it as this open world RPG, but that's that's not what it is to me. No, no, I it, agree with you about that. Yeah, the thing is, I think my argument is I want it. I want it to be that because I like the sandbox. That's I what like, I want. I I love I love games like that. Like there's nothing yeah. I love more than a Ubisoft style game where I go and I pick up these weird quirky missions. Far Cry, some of like Far Cry, they managed to make the same game over and over and over again so consistently. And it's fun every time, and it's <laughs> and it is fun every single time because the story is so weird, it's so quirky, and I can't help but think if. If Ubisoft had got their hands on the Cyberpunk IP instead of of CD Projekt Red, that this game could have been 
better. Like, give it to the Far Cry team. They do something so cool, so quirky. They could have taken it and maybe given it a little bit more care than the team that... Well, it's not the team, the management that, that got their Yeah, because it's this. definitely, like, you know... I, I, I think it's so clear that this, like... There's thought and care put into things in this game, and it's just that there was not enough time. You know, it needed yeah. a lot more time in the oven, clearly. Um, so, I mean, let's talk about some of the news around it, I guess. Like, there's this <laughs> whole insane narrative that's, like, developed now between... They released this official statement, this official statement and apology, and, you know, essentially, like, take this this position of, hey... We we did this. We know that we fucked up and we misrepresented the situation and we lied and we did all these bad things, but we're going to fix it. We have these patches coming and, you know, we hope that you'll stick with us, you know, like we hope that you'll, you know, you'll see it through or whatever, which a lot of people took issue with, um, understandably so, you know, that like essentially I think it was I think it was Nibble. It was somebody I follow on Twitter who's like. Always got the hot takes. Who was like, <laughs> oh, I like Daniel like, Ahmed's hot takes as well. Daniel Ahmed posted. We're sorry like, we tricked you into buying our broken game. Oh yeah, like, with the cutesy eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we're sorry. It's like, fuck you, man. Like, uh, yeah, but some people were pissed at their statement. Like, uh, so then it it got worse, right? Sony all of a sudden came out of nowhere and pulled it down from the store and was just like, we're gonna. Refund well, absolutely the, everyone. That was the thing before too, right? Was that like they directed you? They're like, we're gonna give refunds. You know, go to your, go to the retailer, go to Sony or Microsoft or whatever. And Sony doesn't have a returns policy that accommodates. Cyberpunk. Yeah, so so the and response like, Sony was get, had to have known that, right? Oh, hundred like, percent, they knew because they said on the investor call that oh, yeah, we didn't have a conversation with them. It's just the existing refund policies they already had in place, but they knew they didn't have any. And then everyone on Twitter was getting like responses back from Sony saying we don't have a refund policy, we can't refund you for this. Um, but there are all two patches coming in January or February, and I saw a bunch of people saying right. like you may as well have just emailed fuck off back to me thanks PlayStation and like targeting PlayStation. So I can't imagine how annoyed they, they were about it. And then, then my friend, um, uh, my friend Oscar, who is uh, the games editor at the official PlayStation magazine here said, uh, had some clarification from Sony and said, you'll still be able to play it and receive patches if you don't request a refund, but that their customer service was absolutely slammed after CD Projekt's red, uh, refund message. And it wasn't communicated at all to Sony that this was going to happen. Uh, and so they decided to pull the nuclear option, which was to remove it from the store yep. with, and, I guess they maybe give gave CD Projekt Red a little bit of notice. I I don't really know how it happened. Um, I mean, but. it was funny because like it happened at like two thirty in the morning in Warsaw, so like it definitely seemed like it kind of just happened. But yeah, you know, I'm sure there was a conversation there that went on. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that like I've seen a lot of people have ire towards Sony in this conversation, um, and like I think it's fair enough to critique Sony that they don't have a better returns policy. I think like. That, that should be well, in place. Uh, I think something that's this is experienced highlighted for me is that if they're gonna if both of the sides are gonna sell a digital only console this generation, that refund policy needs to be in place and it needs to be sorted. Steam's had a refund policy for years. It's a simple you play two hours of the game, you get a feel for if it runs on your system, if you like the gameplay, and you can get a refund, no questions asked. 
And that needs to be in place because it was would have been painfully obvious if you bought this on PS4 as a digital version that this game does not run within the first two hours. Yeah, you would have known day one. Um, and, and you could have got your refund there and then, no questions asked. Right. And I know Microsoft has... Uh, a system in place. I don't think it's quite as forgiving as Steam's, but but Sony's kind of the odd man out um, in terms of platforms you can get Cyberpunk on anyway. So fair fair enough, right? Like, but to me, it's like a separate issue. Like, yes, Sony should have one in place, but like CDPR like knew that they didn't and threw them under the bus to be like, oh, go blow up Sony's support for a day or two while we cobble together another PR response. Like, that's how it feels to me. It's like, we're going to pass the buck. You can go ask Sony for a refund. Yeah. It's like, why should Sony do the refund? You know, like, you're the one who fucking put out this shitty broken software and then knowingly directed people to a place where you knew that they weren't going to get a refund, where you knew that they were going to get told no. And that, like, you didn't have a conversation with Sony. Like, you didn't try to organize something that would be orderly or get your customers their refund quicker like nothing you know you pass the buck and said oh let's let our let's let our our partners figure it out like jesus christ dude like i've never seen a studio with as much goodwill as cd project red coming off of the witcher just shoot themselves like just Fill their backyard full of rakes, shoot themselves in both feet, and then just like walk around and see how many they can step on. You know what I mean? It's like, horrendous. It really is. But uh, I saw a bunch of people, including um, one of the listener, one of our listeners, Afi, one of our patrons, who sent me the like uh, response that CD Projekt Red had when they removed it from the PlayStation Store. So first off, it sounds like when you read it that they made the decision to remove it that CD Projekt Red did. It's like following our discussion with PlayStation, a decision was made to temporarily suspend digital distribution of Cyberpunk 2077 on the PlayStation Store. Sony's decision, just to clarify. But then this this statement gets so shitty and passive-aggressive. According to our knowledge, starting today, everyone who is not willing to wait for updates and wants to refund their digital copy of the game can do so by submitting a request. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Not We're willing, not to, willing wait to wait for updates? Like, go fuck yourself. I waited four delays for this game and bought it. It should fucking run. Like, don't give me that passive-aggressive nonsense, dude. And that's what drives me nuts, dude, is, like, there are so many gamers and so many, especially PC players, like, falling over themselves to defend CD Projekt Red. And, like, I, I've said this in a lot of places in the last couple of weeks. If this was an EA game we would be sharpening the fucking pitchforks. And oh, everyone's yeah. like, yeah, he does this all the time, and they get away with it. They don't fucking get away with it. They get voted worst company every year. We lambast every fucking game they put out. And, like, fair enough. Like, when they do shitty things, we should take them to task. Why is CD Projekt Red different? Because Th- you like them? Yeah. That, yeah, and, like, that's it. They're not. They shouldn't be held to a different standard. Like, what they did was shitty. And, like, that's it. They lied. They misrepresented their product. They overworked their employees. They lied to their customer base. They lied to Microsoft and, and PlayStation. Like, they, their management deserves all of the ire in the world. And, again, their management, not their development team. I'm not blaming the people on the ground who've been over fucking – they've been working extra hours for the last month. And now they're going to have to crunch for the next three months probably what, while they you, patch you... through January and February. And then they have to start working on the DLC. And there's a multiplayer mode that's supposed to come. Oh, yeah, How the fuck are they going to get all that done? Happen. 
You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. And like, I, I mean, the only just dessert and like is that the share, the founders have had a billion dollars of their stock wiped out because of this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe yeah, their that- stock took a huge plummet. And like, I don't know, man, like they've got a real uphill battle. To, to oh yeah, win back gamers trust. Well, I was, I was, uh, I was thinking about how do you, how do you win it back? And I think the the way you you approach it is you say, look, we're really sorry. We re- we know we fucked up. We're going to remove it from sale for the moment from all platforms, and we're going to work to fix it after the Christmas period. We're going to give our employees a break for two weeks, and we're going to come back in in January. We're going to get that patch out. We're going to put up a consistent, transparent timeline of what each patch is going to include and is going to fix. So, like, patch number one is going to fix this. Patch number two is going to fix this. And you need to give people something. So you just give them, like, the whole Witcher collection or something as, like, a a goodwill gesture. Mm -hmm. And you've got to do something to get them back on your side. Like, yeah, all the DLC from now on, if you keep the copy of the game, you're going to get for free. That's what I would say, you're right? Gonna like, get... give me the DLC for free because I'm not returning my copy. Yeah, that's the same as me. Like, something. I, I, I don't want to go through the effort of returning this copy to a retailer, potentially putting that retailer out of pocket because they've, they're they going to have to bear the brunt of the cost. I don't know what's going to happen there. And I know CD Projekt Red has said that if, if the retailer that you bought your physical copy from says they won't refund you, that they'll refund it directly to you, which is wild yeah. to me. But presumably you've got, you got to post it to them somehow. Yeah. But I mean, it should come out of their pocket. They're the ones who fucked up. Uh, so then the last thing we said was like, obviously PlayStation removed it from the store. And then that obviously put a ton of pressure on Microsoft to respond because Microsoft has like been a marketing partner for this game, like all that stuff. They went and put a disclaimer on their store. They have not removed it. So you can still buy it, um, but you can also get a refund there. But in fairness to Microsoft, this game runs fine on Xbox One X, Series S, and Series X. There's been no crash in reporting yeah. on the on the series series versions or the One X. It's only really the One S that has problems, and so I think that disclaimer is, is pretty fair. Plus, they already have yeah, a refund yeah, yeah. policy in place. It's not like PlayStation where they had to make an exception for this. Yes, I think it was more that all of a sudden they had to respond because everyone was like, "Well, I bought it on Xbox. What does that mean?" You know, so like I feel like they got backed in a corner as well, whether or not it was as bad, you know, is like whatever. But yeah, obviously an unenviable position to be put in. Um, And then we also saw, you know, a a bunch of reaction from different uh, retailers like Best Buy has said that they would they would take back opened copies of the game. Uh, GameStop has said that they will not. And like interior messages throughout the company have been basically telling them to redirect them to CD project red that GameStop will not be refunding copies. So like it, it, you're how you're going to get your refund. If you want one is really going to depend quite a bit. It seems. So if you are looking for a refund, I hope you have a digital copy and I hope it's easy for you. Um, Personally, this is a question we actually got. I'm going to pull this out of the mail pot. This one comes from uh, Afi. Who's an you know Steve said one of our patron supporters? Are either of you refunding your copy of Cyberpunk? For me, no. Um, me neither. I I said earlier like I I'm enjoying the game enough and am getting things out of my time with it. Like in terms of genuinely having fun when I play on some level, but also the fact that like I've gotten a lot of uh, mileage out of it in terms of talking about it on podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So like I kind of feel like. I feel like I have more time to spend with it, first of all, but also I don't, 
I don't feel like my experience has been bad enough to warrant me going through the trouble of a return, frankly. Same, same here for me. I mean, if maybe if I had a digital version and it was a case of I fill in a form and I get my money back there and then, sure, I and might I buy have had it again a later. Response. <laughs> yeah, buy it again later. I'll probably get a huge discount on it because it's not exactly had the best reputation. Yeah, like I th- I'll tell you, I thought about it. I thought about returning it and getting my money back and just paying less for it to play a less broken of it version of it later. But I don't know. Then I wouldn't have anything to say right now, right? So it's a trade off. I know that me buying it and telling people who listen to this show not to buy it has saved them money. So that's something, right? Like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then kind of like the last update on the story as, as it stands right now that I wanted to comment on was like, I think the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people where uh, GOG, who is owned by CD Projekt, the Group, parent company yeah. of CG Project, CD Projekt Red, um has told Cyberpunk players to not keep too many items in their inventory because the game has... And if you recall, uh, this is actually a problem with Skyrim, like way back when it first launched. There's a a cap on your save where if you get too much data, if you have too much in your inventory, if you do too many side quests, if you you know play the game the way that it's supposed to be played, uh, your save data can balloon up to, you know, um, a pretty large size. The cap... Is eight megabytes. I know. I was gonna say it's crazy how small it is. It's like a fucking floppy disk, you know. Like so, PSA: If you're playing the game and enjoying it, especially, uh, be careful because you can easily brick your save, and there's no way to recover it after that point. So, um, absolutely gonna change the way that I play the game, which is yet another thing of just why. I mean, I I have that perk already, which breaks things down into. Uh, breaks my junk items down into materials by default. I don't like crafting, so I keep everything so I can sell it. Oh, fair enough. You know? But now I'm not going to do that. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Un- it's unbelievable. It's I mean, unbelievable. That, well, and that's not the only thing that GOG had a problem with this week, did they? They had that uh, Devotion, is it Devotion game? The Taiwanese yeah. game that was up for sale. They were like, oh yeah, we're going to sell this game. We've They're... heard from gamers yeah. uh, well, that okay, this game yeah. shouldn't be. It's like, oh yeah, you've heard from the Chinese government. Let's be <laughs> fucking real. Okay. Thanks, CD Projekt Red. And Daniel Ahmed. Sorry, CD Project. Uh, da- Daniel Ahmed made a very good point that they probably are trying to keep the Chinese government on side because Cyberpunk's doing very, very well in China. And they don't want it to get pulled there. And they could easily see that the Chinese government would retaliate and say, well, if you're going to sell this this game that mocks the Chinese government, we're going to pull Cyberpunk, where you're actually making a decent amount of money in China because they're mainly PC players, from yeah. the store. What you going to do? All right, last note on Cyberpunk. This is another question from uh, another one of our Patreon supporters, Left Eye Lazy, who says, Totally forgot to ask, but I was wondering if anyone thinks Cyberpunk landed as well as Death Stranding, an immensely hyped-up game where players had absolutely no clue what to expect before playing. Uh, I don't. Um, I think Death Stranding, like... Death Stranding didn't connect with a lot of people, but the people who it did connect with really, really liked it. And the things that were wrong with it were not that it was like a broken piece of software. The things that were wrong with it were that some people just didn't jive with what it was and what it wanted to do and what it tried to do. Um, And that and some people don't like the way that Kojima tells the story. Like all of those are valid. But to me, the, the negativity around that game was more so about taste than it was about, you know, uh, 
inherent quality or or like it just working as a piece of software. No, I completely agree with you. It, to me, it, I don't remember this kind of discourse around Death Stranding. To me, this is the only game I can recall that's been removed from the PlayStation Store for quality issues and not for like, oh, we've lost the music rights or we've lost the rights to this and the other. This is I mean, a I think it's happened with like indie games maybe, but not... Not a triple not a, a game, yeah, from like one yeah, of the... Yeah, with this level of marketing behind it. Yeah. It's a very public fuck up, right? Like, I know I saw a lot of games journals like tweeting about how their parents were like texting them and being like, what's going on with the cyberpunk thing? Oh, yeah. My dad texted me and was just like, oh, it's just made the the, like BBC News. It's like on the on the The one o'clock news about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. So, yeah, I uh, I also think that we did have an idea of what to expect from cyberpunk. They just lied about what we should expect. Which is another thing I've seen a lot of people say. Um, a lot of those PC players who are having a good time, they're like, well, I don't, like, I didn't watch any of the marketing hype, so I didn't have any expectations, so oh it's fine. And it's like, okay, well, that's fine for you, but the company paid money and asked fans to show up and watch this shit to sell them a vision <laughs> of a game that didn't exist. So please fall, keep falling over yourself to make excuses for them. Uh, all right, so let's jump over to another topic this week, jumping into uh, some some of the actual fucking Nintendo news for a change. Uh, we got another Indie World presentation, first one in, in a couple months. It, it feels like a while since we've gotten one, but I feel like we had one in the fall. I think so it, it hasn't sep- really been that long. Yeah, I think it was September we had the last one. Um, yeah. Time's fucking meaningless at this point, so it feels like a million years ago. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, so... This one, I thought this was a was a pretty solid showcase. Like, I, I didn't necessarily have a ton of games that felt like, um, like bomb drops for me. But it felt like it had a good pace of announcements and it had stuff yeah. that was there for everybody, you know? Well, and I also think a lot of that came from many, many, many people were reporting that perhaps we were going to see... Um, the, the follow-up to Hollow Knight. And, sure, yeah, Silk Song. that didn't happen. Um, so yeah, I think some like people... gamers some... get themselves hyped up for things that there's no evidence to support of, and then when it doesn't happen, we get mad. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> like <laughs> every it, time there's an event like this? I mean, this one started off strong with Spelunky and Spelunky 2 coming to Switch. I, I have never played them. Me uh, neither. I kind of want to, too. Me too. And I, it's and like I a, know... It's one of those indie game gaps. It is. It's like, but this was like one of the kind of original indie darlings. I, I feel like yeah. everyone, everyone raves about Spelunky. So I think I might pick this one up when it comes out uh, next year. I think of like this and like Res and like Bash. Oh, yeah. Like those yeah. really early, like, oh, this is really good for a downloadable game. Like, remember when we used to say shit like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Like WiiWare, wasn't it? Something. Yeah. Yeah. That was the WiiWare stuff and like the Xbox Xbox Arcade. Arcade, Yeah. That was the first one. The live arcade. I remember playing, um, well, I mean, I still play Geometry Wars. There was this hexagon game. Do you remember that? And it was like, those hexagons and you would like move Mm. the hexagons. and It was like a puzzle game. I used to love that. I remember I, I played a ton of Castle Crashers though. That was my jam. Loved me some Castle Crashers. That's a game we should stream. That would be fun. Love a good love a good beat em up. 
Uh, so then we also got look at a bunch of other games. Um, I don't know. Like, do you want to just go through the highlights for you? Like, what what were the ones that really stuck out to you? Because for me, I think the biggest announcement um, that I'm personally interested in was that we got a release date for Cyber Shadow, which is uh, that game being published by Yacht Club. The uh, yeah, the it is the one that looks like Shovel a. Knight. Uh, spiritual successor to kind of Ninja Gaiden, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's got like a cyberpunk meets, not cyberpunk the game, cyberpunk the genre. I really, uh, really meets... hope that that is not just all we get in 2021. It's just, oh, cyberpunk was going to be a cool hype thing. Yeah. Let's all jump on board. To be board. fair, this game's been in development for years. I know so it like... has, but it feels like I've seen so many cyberpunk style things that that just seems like where we're going. I'm cool with that because I like that genre. I just want good games that are cyberpunk style. That would be you good. Because, uh, you know, techie punk stuff, that's, that's my wheelhouse. That's where I live, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I, I've been looking forward to Cyber Shadow. I love Yacht Club. Um, I think it's exciting to see them kind of branching out into publishing, you know, more titles that are not from their internal team and, like, basically using their resources to, like, incubate new talent and, you know, get – other games off the ground. This is one that's been on my radar for a while. So the fact that it's like got a hard release date in January, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's not my style of game. Um, I never played Shovel Knight, as you know. So it's that's a, one of Shame my gaps. Uh, for me, like I really liked the look of Alba, which was... Like, that looked from, really good to me. Fr- from the team behind Monument Valley. Uh, and what was the other one? Grindstone, which is... Um, well, just real quick, for those who don't know, Alba was the one about the little girl and her friend and her family who, like, go around and help animals on the island. Yeah. And, like, you have to, like, restore the balance of nature and everything and all this kind of... Looked very cute. So I really liked that. And then uh, Grindstone, which which was a, a shadow drop where I haven't picked it up yet, but I think That's I might. That's Apple Arcade, right, well, originally? It, it was, yes. Yeah, an Apple Arcade yeah. exclusive on mobile. And now it's on fun. on Switch. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Imran Khan on Twitter. He said um, the Grindstone managed to get me hooked on Apple Arcade for six months. So yeah. the fact that it's on Switch and it's like only 15 bucks is a steal. I feel like Greg Miller uh, from Kind of Funny said that it was like one of his favorite games last year. Even I remember he talked about it a lot. Um, the art style like st- stood out to me when I first saw it, but like the actual like gameplay looks really fun. I love a good puzzle game, so not like puzzle like The Witness, like puzzle like you know Tetris. Like, <laughs> yeah, like like Bejeweled. <laughs> yeah, like arcade puzzle, right? Yeah, like a, it's a high score kind of game. Uh, we also got to look at Super Meat Boy Forever, which has a release date now. Um, I, couldn't, I honestly couldn't care less. It just feels like that game's been coming out forever, and I, the the more I see about it, the more I don't care. I I agree with that sentiment. I feel like we've seen too much of it for how long we've been shown it. But I I loved the original Super Meat Boy. I got it on um, Vita. I think it's like a PS Plus <laughs> yeah. game or something, and I played the shit out of it. For a long time, it was like one of my most played games on Vita. Um, so I'm I'm into platformers. I love a, a 2D platformer. I love a tough as nails 2D platformer. So I'm a uh, Super Meat Boy Forever is a game I will probably chip away at for the next several years and never finish. Is is going to be my experience with it? But I'm I think sure they I'll said really something like it's 600 levels or something in the trailer. Something like that. Insane yeah. amount of things. It's like the Forever tag definitely seems fitting. I mean, I think that's also why it was in development for so long, is that, like, those games are packed with content. Like, yeah. the original Super Meat Boy has, like, hundreds of levels, too. Um, 
So yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about that one. I don't know that I'll get it when it drops. It's out in like three days, I think. Um, but we'll see. Because I, I think if I start buying more games right now, I'm just gonna just stop playing Cyberpunk, and I don't know that I'm That's ready fine. to do that yet. Yeah, I mean that works. <laughs> we'll see what Honestly, we'll I don't. See what I don't think you will though. It, it, Grindstone, for example, feels like the kind of game that where wouldn't it, pull me away. Yeah, it's just gonna be. Yeah. Oh, I'll play this when I'm in bed or I'll play this when I'm watching, you know, The Office for the thousandth time or whatever. Sure. Ugh. Yeah, I need to start rewatching another show now. <laughs> uh, the other game that I wanted to touch on, um, we saw it here and also in the Wholesome uh, presentation, which we decided against talking about just because there wasn't a ton of news that, that caught our attention, but um, was Calico. It looks pretty cute. I, yeah, uh, it, it was the second cat-themed game of the presentation, which I thought that was, other one looked was like weird. garbage. Though oh, I, right. I gotta say, like, not to be—I <laughs> I hate saying stuff like that. Like, I don't want to be that person, but like, Fisty Fluffs, I was like, oh, this does not look fun at all. Like, it looks way too like floaty and like I don't know. Like, it looks like it has the same kind of like controls as like something like Gang Beasts, where it's like super loose and like open, yeah. but like. The point of that game is that it controls bad, you know, and like that's the fun of it. Whereas, like, I don't know, this that just looked really stiff to me, and like, I don't know, it just looks like one of those games that like the idea is cute, but it doesn't really seem to have much there. I don't know. Fair enough. I mean, I thought the same about Calico. I hated the art style. Really, really did not speak really? to me Really? I don't all. know. I like the art style. I feel like it nah. looks like very like cozy. I, I don't like it. I love the concept of the game. I miss going to a cat cafe. Absolutely love it. And the fact that you can kind of open one by the looks of it and make your own and fill yeah. it with cats. And I love that idea. I just don't like the art style. I think I don't know. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I like the art style. I'm, I'm interested in it. It's just one of those games that like, I think I, I don't think I'm quite in the mood for it. You know, and I think if I buy it now and try to get into it, it's just like not gonna, not gonna like, I don't know, not gonna connect with me the way that I think it might be able to. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I can see that. It's, I don't know. It just is weird. Yeah. It's very weird. I'm on the fence about it. I think it's a game that, like, if I catch it on sale, I might take spit, roll the dice on it, like, at a later date when I am eager for something. Um, but I don't know. Like, the whole the whole vibe of it kind of spoke to me a little bit. Um, and I, I, made, I made a joke about this when I was talking to my friends about it. I, thought it, I think it's really funny how, like... Um, like, most of the characters seem to... It looks like you have a pretty good amount of control over, like, what your character looks like and, like, your body type and everything. But it looks like a lot of the characters are just, like, thick. Like, just have, like, a Pixar mom character level of, like, <laughs> dump truck ass. And which I just thought was hilarious. So I was like, damn, everybody on this island is super curvy. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, I think... I think that was everything that stood out to me aside from, of course, Among Us, which, yeah. you know, uh, was kind of the big announcement of the night, right? Among Us, obviously, one of the hottest games of the year. It's coming to Switch. That is the first time it'll be on consoles. I know it's coming to uh, Xbox and 
PlayStation, I think, later in 2021. It's been announced for Xbox, I think, in PlayStation? March. I had, haven't seen okay. an announcement for PlayStation, and it's coming to Game Pass day one. Yeah, I was going to say it's Xbox. launching on Game Pass, which is really cool. So I have sure. a feeling it might be a exclusive thing over there. Maybe a timed exclusive thing, yeah. Because yeah. you got to imagine they're going to bring it to PlayStation eventually. But. Yeah, I, I would I would hope so. I, 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 I've been playing this. I picked it up uh, day one. Um, and it's great. Runs fantastically. It got me to reactivate my Switch Online subscription, which I let lapse because I haven't really nice. been playing it. Uh, so that was good. Played it, played a couple of rounds with a few friends. I posted a code on Twitter and a bunch of people joined, which was fun. Uh, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to doing a community stream on this. I think it was going to be so, the only, so uh, much fun. We have to look into this. I, I did a, a community stream with the Comics Palace for it like recently. And that was like my first time playing. And, uh, you know, I'm like broadcasting my screen so like anyone could see when I was the bad guy or not or whatever. So I'm like, how do you, how do people stream among us with like their viewers and not? Oh, you stream the bad guy. You just have to trust that no one else is going to look. It's going to screen snipe you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Uh, Like people in the chat were like, oh, like everyone can see. And I was like, yeah, we're playing on the honor system today. You know, like I don't, I got to just trust that people are not going to screen camp me. And if they do, oh, well, you know, like. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's nah, not a big deal. I don't really care about winning. I mean, it's no different to how we were playing Halo, and if we if we were a multiplayer on different teams, someone could have seen where you were. Yeah, that's a little harder though because it's like in the past, you it know. Is, like yeah. it's like there's a delay. Whereas like on Among Us, like you'll see on the screen, it's highlighted in red. Like you're the fucking bad guy. Go kill people. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> what did you think of it then? If that was the first time you played it, how did you how did you like it? Uh, I, I, I thought it was fun. Like, I um, I get it. I get the hype because the whole, like, social deduction thing, those games are fun. Uh, Among Us is they certainly are. not the first one. I think it's just the one that connected. It you is know, my like, favorite um, kind of board game as well. They're called bluffing games. Uh, so yeah, like games, Secret Hitler. Secret Hitler, Deception Murder in Hong Kong, um, um, Coup. From video games, like, there's, like, Town agenda. of Salem. That's tons always, of yeah, them. Hidden Agenda is fun. Town of Salem was always the one that I played. Uh, me and my friends played that for like years. That's like, a, a riff on Mafia, I believe. Which yeah, is another is. one. Yeah, which is another or like Secret Werewolf. Like, there's yeah. like all these different like versions. Those of are my this. favorite, favorite, favorite kind of games to play with a bunch of people. Like, if you back in the day when you could have more, ten people around and you could you could play a game, they were yeah. really really fun to do. Uh, it's been a yeah, while since uh, I played one of those, and so being able to play this with friends over the internet has been really, really nice. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, and I think it works well within that genre. Like, as someone who's played a good number of those kinds of games, um, I like it because I think it's cool that when you die, you can still contribute. You don't have to just sit yeah. around and wait for the round to end, you know, which is always kind of boring. Um because I, I find, like, that's usually the problem with social deduction games, like, especially if you're playing with people you know. Uh, like, just, like, for example, using the Comics Pals in, as an example, like, my buddy Marco, who's one of the co-hosts, like, almost every time we play, we're like, oh, Marco's a bad guy, like, Marco's a bad guy, kill him, shoot him out the airlock, you know, and, like, we're fucking with him. But, like, if that was happening every single time and then, like, you're out the first round and you can't do anything, like, that's yeah, boring. That's not fun. It is. You know? So, like, it, it makes it a little bit less, like... I don't know. Like, it feels like the stakes are less high when you die. It's like, I could still win. I can still contribute, you know? 
Yeah. So Although I kind of like when I you like play that. with randos, it feels like nobody ever does their tasks, which is super super annoying. Everyone's just running around looking for the imposter. It definitely That's works cute. better with people you know. Like I really yeah. really want my dad to join us on the stream. Like really really want my dad to join us. Dude, that would be so. We played with, with the, when, we, when I played with the comics pals. Marco's dad came in at one point, and he uh, he he voted against his own dad, and he didn't end up being the imposter. And I was like, "You just killed your dad for no reason. That guy raised you." Oh, that was so fun. <laughs> so good. Oh man. So yeah, I uh, I'm definitely not to do a community stream. Among Us is is tight. It's fun. I get it. I get why it's the game of the moment. I think it's like it it fits for this year. It's like a great excuse to get together and play a game with friends. And it's like easy, right? Like anyone can play it. It's on the phone. Like you don't need to like be like a, a quote unquote gamer to play yeah, it. Yeah, and right? it's free. It's like, like on phone, on mobile, it's it's completely free. You just download it. Yeah. There's, a, there's an ad in between rounds, which just isn't intrusive. You can buy additional outfits if you want to, which by the looks of it, you can't do on Switch, which is kind of disappointing because I had like his really cool outfit on mobile that I liked playing, playing with. But I'm sure that, that'll come eventually i hope so so yeah all in all pretty good pretty good showcase like there there was definitely good announcements i didn't think it was like anything to like blow your hair back yeah but none of the ones that, that had been previously announced that i wanted to see like uh spellbound or spellbrook or whatever it's called these days by um chucklefish games really was hoping to see something about that you know the harry yeah. potter meek stardew valley uh, agreed that maybe we'll see that like, in, tw- in 2021 like sports story is a yeah, game I would love to see again. Yeah. Like obviously people wanted to see Silk Song. Like I think the fact that we have a bunch of like indies that are games we're excited for, it's like, ah, I want to see more of them. Like, come on. Some of those though feel like they've escalated from an indie world highlight to main show Nintendo Direct. Like Silk Song Maybe. I could see being announced in a mainline nintendo direct rather than oh here it is in the indie highlights here's this new that's, that's game. reasonable yeah i think that makes sense all right so let's jump into some questions from the mail pot this first one comes from affy again uh one of our patreon supporters and affy says when are we having a stream for among us this week affy i'm hoping either today monday when this show drops tuesday or wednesday we shall see i need to talk with pete and we need to rope in a bunch of the uh, community, but make sure you're on Discord because I don't think you're a member on, on our Discord. So go yeah, join. Yeah, come join the Discord, Affy. If you're yeah. not, that's like when we always, you know, that's that's where you'll know when we're planning stuff. But I know we had a couple of people from the community who said they wanted to. We had a couple of our our content creator friends who said they'd come join us. So I was thinking maybe we try to rope in a few more people and like see if we can make a thing of it. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll have to get the uh, the voice chat again on uh, Discord so we can all. All play easily because that yeah. text, that typing, the typing on uh, Among Us on on Switch is horrendous. You like tap in the box, it brings up the default um, Nintendo Switch keyboard. You like tap it, you click done, and then you have to click send again. And so you everyone's plug, asking a question. You got to plug a keyboard into your Switch. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Play it, yeah. Uh, okay, so then Affy also asked, do you think 2021 will see N- Nintendo Directs coming back, or do you think this year has finished them off? I could see them coming back. I mean, I don't think... They will. I, I don't agree that they've they've been finished off. We've had the partner showcases, which were labeled Nintendo Directs, but I think they'll be they'll be back next year. I think they will probably see one around the, the summertime. I don't think we'll see... I mean, I, I think the first one we're going to see is either announcing the Switch Pro or announcing the Zelda... Uh, hot, like special stuff 
Yeah, or Breath of the Wild too, maybe. Or Breath of the Wild too, but I don't think that's till like summer. <sighs> I know. The closer we get to 2021, the more the less confident I feel about it coming out next year. We'll <laughs> Yeah, I don't I agree. I don't think Nintendo Directs went anywhere. I think that people are just like weirdly like specific about what they consider a Nintendo Direct and what they don't. And like we've gotten like for my money, we've gotten five Nintendo Directs this quarter. Like we've had three indie uh three partner showcases, two indie directs, like those those are directs, whether you like them yeah. or not. It says Nintendo Direct on them. It's the same format, it's the same voiceover, like it's it's a direct. You know, um, so yeah, I think we'll like the bigger proper. Oh, and directs. we just had the we just had the um, the Super Nintendo World one, which we didn't talk about. Oh yeah, and I loved yeah, how totally... I loved how uh, me uh, Miyamoto did that the hand thing. He did the like let's let's go thing. You know, yeah. like uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I used to do, <laughs> and like that's that's a hundred percent a direct, right? Um, oh man, I need to book tickets for Japan. <laughs> It looks so good. I let's let's talk about. We can use this as an opportunity to talk about that a little bit. I have mixed opinions about it. I, oh, why? It looks so good. Like Toad's Cafe. Like you can see all the Toads making stuff. It I, so I cool. like the Toad's Cafe. There are things about it that I think look really good. I think um, the thing that bums me out about it is take this with a grain of salt, right? Because like I don't want Disney to get bigger. I don't want more media consolidation. But Disney is just better at making theme parks than Universal is. And, like, you look at this and I see things that feel like half measures where it's like, this feels like I'm in a Mario-themed area at a theme park versus I feel like I'm in the Mushroom Kingdom. To some extent, I I agree. But the way way some of it was pulled off and executed was so cool. Like, when you went into that room and you were like, and it was like, da-da-da-da-da-da. And then suddenly you're like Mini Mario and all the blocks are fucking massive. It was so cool. I absolutely loved it. That stuff is pretty cool. Yeah, I'll give you that. And like, but like, it bums me out that like Peach's Castle just seems like it's the intro intro to the area. It is, Like, you walk through the pipe. Yeah, and it's like... It seems like Bowser's Castle is more of a... It's a ride, and that looks dope. That ride looks cool, you know? But, like, it's it's the stuff that's not the rides that I'm talking about. Because, like, you know, I think about, like, um, like, I went to Disney World last year, right? And it's like, I like Disney movies fine. I'm not, like, a crazy Disney person, you know? But, like, uh, Star Wars, I, I have that real emotional connection to. And, like, when I went to Galaxy's Edge... You know, I shared a video on social media, right, of, like, me seeing the Millennium Falcon for the first time. Like, I got emotional, you know, and, like, walking through the shops and, like, feeling like I was on, you know, uh, on a planet I've, I've seen in a movie, you know, or, like, going into the, the workshop of the Millennium Falcon and, like, looking for things and finding them, you know, or, like, seeing, like, environmental storytelling that, like, they just don't do it universal, you know, like and that it just it feels like a step above like a Six Flags, you know, and I just, you know, like it would be so cool if you could go in Peach's castle and it was the entirety of the castle. Right. And that like you could go to the courtyard and there's like booze flying around, you know, and like maybe and there's like, like a Yoshi there. on the on the roof and stuff. Yeah. Like I want I want that attention to detail more service. than just like. Look how much this looks like Bowser's Castle. Inside, it's a go-kart ride, which is cool. I'm into that. But, like, <laughs> ah, like, I just ah, I wish it was I, I want to like see that, that go-kart ride in action, though. Like, you've got to put the AR goggles on. And that sounds I so cool. I know how cool that is. 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about it. Are you going to go when it comes to America? Because they've announced that it's coming to, to the, both the Universal Parks in America. Yeah, I'll, I'll 100% So we go. haven't got any Universal Parks in Europe. Like, come on, open one here. Just just come come visit me in America. You have so many reasons to come to America. We'll get you this sweatshirt. Come for my wedding. We'll go to Florida. We'll go to the Nintendo world. To be fair, that would be a sweet series of videos. If you and I went and we just did like a vlog series of us exploring yeah. the Nintendo world, people would love that. Go ding with our like uh, little bracelets. Our stupid on. little bracelets that also work as Amiibo. Love that. And then it's also like a mobile phone app that like shows me how many coins I've got. It's so bizarre. What do I do with the coins? That's my question. <laughs> I, that's exactly what Macaulay said when we watched it. It's like, yeah, but what do I trade the coins in for? Is it like money in the park or something? Or hopefully what, like swag. Like if I could get I like, so. oh, you get a you get a cool T-shirt. Oh, like, that little cool. Mar- that little Mario character that like walked as he went along. Loved like, that. I loved that. Yeah, it was so cute. <laughs> I think I'm more excited for the merch than I am for the actual like attractions. <laughs> like just going oh, yeah. and like getting like a cool Mario like toy is. Oh yeah, I'm into that. I'm not sure I was there for the mushroom flavor popcorn though. Like I think I may have given that one a pass. That was a bit. The food in general looked good though. Like the the Mario like styled burger where it was like oh, the bacon and the, and was the, the mustache and, and everything. The, I was like, that's the question cool. the question block uh, dessert cube thing and it had like stuff inside. Yeah. It was made out of, like little wafers with the question mark on the side. That was so cool. Yeah, I dug that. I dug that quite a bit. Uh, okay, so then bonus question: Can Pixel regenerate like a Time Lord? Maybe he isn't dead. Face screaming. <laughs> no, he's dead. He's dead. No, 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 no. He he's not. Up. He's the next person who's asked a question. We already know that. He's been. Oh, right. You're right. Trendy Brendy. Yeah. Uh, Pixel Parts Alter Ego wrote in and said, What's your favorite boss fight from a Nintendo game? I've been ge- uh, grinding Hollow Knight's Call of God, so I've been thinking about bosses more. I like Thunderbolt Ganon from Breath of the Wild because the lightning and Magnesis thing is so satisfying. But Kirby's Marks is also really cool. Honestly, that Thunderbolt one was really good because it made me learn that I couldn't hit him with a metal sword and it highlights such a core cool attention to detail oh. in breath of the wild i got mine that is a cool one i i'll, I'll give you that uh mine is red in pokemon gold and silver <laughs> so that is that i thought that was the most hype thing in a video game ever when i was a kid right like you you go through uh you beat the game you go to this like special final area in mount silver where there all, there's all these insanely high level pokemon and then you get to fight the protagonist from the first game that that's you like that's awesome i thought i thought that was so fucking cool i i can't really think of one to be honest i mean i, I there's a there's some really cool ones in luigi's mansion 3 that i really wish you would you go back and play like one the day. the one where you go into the sand it's like a, an Egyptian pyramid sand style room. And uh, there's there's some really cool bosses in there. Um, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. But Thunderblight's really cool, like I said, for that. Uh, highlighting the uh, the mechanic in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that is good. Breath of the Wild has some good boss fights in general. It does, yeah. I mean, that game's just fantastic. Classic, absolute classic. I was talking to a buddy of mine last night uh, at a virtual Christmas party, and he bought a Switch for the first time, like during like the last like two or three months, and and uh, we were just like in a room full of people chatting, and I just start hearing Breath of the Wild sound effects. I was like, "Who's playing Breath of the Wild?" And he's like, "Oh man, me for the first time." And I was like, "What? That's amazing! Oh my god, you must be having such a good time." <laughs> <laughs> Who was That's, like it such on- a 
I can't yeah. remember who it was on Discord that said, uh, I think it was either, it was Left Eye Lazy, I think, that said he might refund. Never played it? No, he was saying, I think he might refund and uh, and refund Cyberpunk and actually finally play Breath of the Wild. <gasps> oh, I know you're listening right now. Do that. Do that, <laughs> Left Eye. Do that. A million times do that. Are you kidding me? All right. Uh, this one comes from Wakahula, another one of our Patreon supporters. Uh, he wrote in and said, which Nintendo franchise do you think would work best as an episodic game like Tell Me Why or Life is Strange? I think this is such an interesting question, and it's hard because, like, Nintendo games don't really have story or characters that are, like, now, see, I was usually. Think- I-, I was thinking about I really want to see more story in the Animal Crossing world, and I really want to know, like, behind the scenes of nook inc and what tom nook did mm. maybe like his past they history of in, his life they did that in wild world the ds one has like these like deep character backstories for like okay. all of the npcs and like i feel like that would work pretty well because you could like either do like way. oh you could do it as like an anthology kind of thing where it's like uh, a little snapshot into each person you know how they do on orange is the new black and they have like it like focuses in on one specific episodes, character yeah. and then you could do that you can have it like oh yeah you know tom looked like remembers when he did something or whatever and it like brings when it back into today and, you know. yeah he, rem- he remembers when he was poor and so some like weird raccoon also helped him ha- to get him on his feet to- and gave him a no interest loan so that's why he does it these days who knows yeah. but like, i could see that i could see that working i, I, I would be interested idea. in that um i think when you ask me which do i think would work best i think probably fire emblem like i think fire you could emblem easily, would, would yeah i mean the you other, could other transition one, go, go ahead yeah i mean the other one i think that could is um xenoblade because there is already that like stuff sure and there's already one that basically is episodic which is pokemon it's got an anime series so that's kind of cheating and that does work really well. Yeah, you could have a story, like a more story-driven Pokemon story for sure that like is less about battling or whatever and is like more about, you know. Do you know what that, would work? Be Detective, thing, right? Detective Pikachu. Detective like Pikachu, Detective work, Pikachu yeah. 2 was episodic and each chapter was you're you're like focusing in on one part of the the case and finding something out and then and then like interrogating on, people like it's yeah LA yeah <laughs> and, then it, and it ends on a cliffhanger so you're like shit what happened is is he safe is something gonna happen what's gonna yeah. you know you could see people going on reddit and discussing it and like figuring out piecing it together maybe there's like clues throughout each episode to go on to the next one i think that could work well that could work well too yeah I think there's other things too, like um, like if you like a story about like a Pokemon breeder or like you know a, I don't oh know, yeah like that would be leader. cool like something that's not just hey you're a kid go do badges or whatever like have like a smaller like more personal story that's not rooted in that that part of the culture in the world or as uh, when all these questions come up the other one is Metroid because they've never, they haven't had a game for like 600 years at this point so give them something imagine announcing like a new that Metroid would not game work, though. I know but it'd be like, funny though to see like all the Metroid fans getting hyped that the Metroid logo comes up <gasps> we're finally going to get Metroid Prime 4 or is it going to be a new 2D Metroid no it's an episodic game that's very story focused and we're, we're they already suffered through Samus. other M they tried to give <laughs> Samus a story and they made it terrible so 
All right, this last one was a comment over on the YouTube channel um, from a new listener, Will Goodwin. Shout out to Will. Thank you for joining us. And again, please, if you haven't headed over to the Podcast YouTube channel, uh, head over there and give us a subscribe. We are a young, fledgling channel over there. We're trying to get more attention, more eyes on the show on YouTube. So even if you're an audio listener, I'd really appreciate it if you'd get over there and give us a subscribe and a like on the most recent episode. That's always helpful. So Will wrote in and said, just listen to the pod on Spotify. Really good stuff. I listen to directly to you regularly and always like when Pete is on. So now I'm listening to this pod and really enjoying it. Keep it up, dudes. And then he wrote in with another uh, comment and said, yo, I really like how progressive you guys are. And maybe this is showing some of my lack of media intake breath, but I really like that you express pride in being a millennial. I don't really hear that anywhere else, but it's totally justified because our generation is making a lot of advancements in open-mindedness. I haven't played Cyberpunk since I don't have a next-gen console or gaming PC, and at this rate, I won't check it out anytime soon. What you were saying about the to- uh, the toxically masculine dialogue in this game really resonated with me. Over the last few years, I've started to take in significantly less content from sources that I can't see myself wanting to hang out with. For example, I used to watch a ton of ESPN. While their content generated a lot of good conversation fodder for random people I talk to in daily life or at work, not to say that the people I talk to are toxic, I just saw sports as a common ground for most people. I started to realize, especially when things in the shows I was watching were pointed out by my wife, that I didn't jive with a lot of the toxically masculine rhetoric expressed in most sports media. I've transitioned to filling my life with things that I actually enjoy taking a part in, i.e. video games and critical analysis of movies. I've also started to learn to make video games in Unity and Unreal. It's a very long-winded, or that's very long-winded, but it's all to say that I really appreciate the kind of content you are putting out. Not only is it great video game coverage, but it's also socially aware and appears to be genuine. I'll be digging through your backlog of podcasts now at work and as I do junk around the house. Well, thank you so much for writing in, uh, Will. That was a really, really, really kind comment. I'm glad you're enjoying the show, and I'm glad that our our particular brand of... Uh, of nonsense uh, doing it for you. <laughs> yeah. And let us know how you liked the sweater talk at the beginning of this week's this week's show. <laughs> yeah. Did that enhance your, <laughs> your listening experience? Do you like the off-topic sweater talk? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, I will say um, I'm... I am glad for you that you're you're kind of like taking the reins yourself there and like seeking out um, content that speaks to your values. And I'm glad that that we could fill fill some of that uh, void for you. But also, um, that's just good for you. It's good for you to do yourself and and be true to like how you feel about the media that you're intaking and you know um, and being cognizant of that. So congratulations for you on that. Um, that's a step for everybody. I think as as we grow. Uh, but also, congrats on uh, on learning to make games in Unity Unreal. That's really cool. Um, I hope that one day we can uh, we can test one of your games. Yeah, I'd love that. I mean, if you ever get anything up, um, we'd love to give it a test, send it over, and and we'll we'll give it a try. Absolutely. All right. So thanks to everybody who wrote in for this week's show uh, in our podcast segment. Again, our podcast segment. That's the whole show <laughs> for the mail pot segment. If you want to get your thoughts read uh, on the air, just like all these fine folks did, uh, you can, of course, comment uh, on any episode. You know, YouTube is probably the easiest place to comment on an actual episode. Uh, but you can hit us up on the Discord. You can uh, get in our weekly Twitter thread. Write an email to me at Pete at Lupots.com. Any of those ways that you get in touch, uh, we'll be sure to read it on the air and uh, and you know, engage with your thoughts and have that dialogue with you, which we love to do. Uh, again, if you want to get some more content from us, you know, you know where to get us. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. 
Um, wherever you get your video game content, we're there at some point in the week making some stuff for you. So I hope you'll go check it out. I hope you'll go support all of the different stuff that we're doing. Um, and again, if you're an audio listener, please head over to the YouTube channel for the podcast. Give us one of those subscribes. I really want to see that number climb up. Uh, so I would really appreciate if you could do me that solid. Consider it my Christmas slash birthday gift this year. It's for you to go give that channel a subscribe. You'll be doing me a real solid. Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, head over to patreon.com slash where for just a buck. You can get this week's After Dark, where we talk about Christmas and my Christmas tree and a bunch of other stuff. So if you want some more content, you want a little bit more loot pots in your RSS every week, that's the best way to do it. And it's the best way to show your support. So I hope you'll head over there and do that. With that, we'll catch you next week for our Game of the Year discussion. It's going to be a meaty one. It's going to be a good one. And then uh, on After Dark, after that, we're going to talk about our New Year's resolutions. So we've got a banging last week of the year for you guys. We're going to go out on top and uh, and hope for the best in 2021. So we'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast. Stay safe, stay sane, and take care. We love you. <laughs>